Hello everyone, this is Donna Lynn Lido from DonnaLynnBooks.com. Um, I want to talk about one of my favorite things to talk about, which is books, authors, and all things writing. And I was asked about the books that have inspired me most, which got me thinking about what inspires some of you. So I decided to do a free giveaway. So if you'd like to participate, you need to choose a book and comment on my Facebook page, Donalyn Lido, about how you relate to the character. And I'm going to send you a free giveaway, but you need to leave the comment on my Facebook page. And you also have to follow me on my Apple podcast. Just press the follow button. And you have to sign up for my reader list on my website, donalynnbooks.com. From there, just wait and you will receive something in the mail from me. But in the meantime, I'd like to share with you some of my favorite top books that really have impacted me. And the first is from my one of my favorite authors, Elizabeth Strout, and it is Olive Kittredge and Olive Again. I love the book because it is themes about forgiveness and uh, letting go of grudges and misconceptions and presuming things and the complexities of relationships um, and also about loneliness and the challenges of intimacy and growing old and the the importance of self-acceptance and to embrace your flaws and to really love the beauty of everyday moments along with um, you know the big and the small things um, so I love this book. I really, it's a character that will stay with me forever. So one of her quotes, Elizabeth Strout in Olive Again is, the older we get, the more we realize that happiness can be found in the simplest of moments. And I think that that is such a great quote because people, as you get older, the things that meant so much to you when you were younger, really, you realize they don't mean as much as you think they do. And for me, um, I am someone who really loves taking walks and the quiet moments of life, reading a book, having a cup of tea. Those are the things that really um, mean so much to me. And I think that that's one of the things that Olive learned a little bit later in her life. And another quote of her book is, it's never too late to change the narrative of your life. So sometimes life has its twists and turns and you are in charge and you are the driver of your life and you're able to decide what and when and where and how you handle circumstances and i think that was a really good message so that's one of my favorite fiction books but i have to tell you my most favorite fiction book that i have ever read is called Count the Ways by Joyce Maynard and I've, I've read it twice and I'm going to probably read it three times and I read it the first time when my life was so great and my kids were younger and I just thought I had everything together and I thought I had the happiest marriage and the happiest life and the happiest kids and then I read it when my world fell apart and all of the ugly truths kind of exposed themselves about the people surrounding me and about situations and I got to read that book with a different set of lens you know lens and both times it was heartbreaking both times it made me laugh it made me cry I did relate to the character times. Um, and the second time around I had a different perspective because I thought wow 
you really cannot control other people's happiness or how they react or how they decide and choose to go about in their lives. You're really only responsible for your own. So it was one of my really favorite stories. And this the, the story is about a woman and she's a responsible mother and she's overly loving and she has everything she wants. She buys this farmhouse and she has these three great kids and she just loves them so fully that she loses herself and she just wants them to be happy all the time and she puts all of her existence into these children and maybe not so much into her marriage but certainly into her children which she just assumed was part of her family and I can so relate to this because I remember I would be looking around the table thinking this is the life that I've always wanted. I have the perfect life. This is everything I've ever wanted in my life. I gave it all to my family, even though that that meant sacrificing myself. Um, I did not know the balance. I just gave 200% to my family, thinking that that was the best for everyone. And um, what I learned was things don't always work out and kids grow and marriages fail and things happen. And what happens with this woman in her story is she put so much effort into her children that without her even realizing her, she was growing apart from her spouse and he wound up having an affair. <laughs> I could relate. And, um, it, it destroyed their family. And even though she wanted to make it work so, so much, um, she just couldn't, the, the marriage was broken. And it's really about blend, navigating divorce and then blending a new family and um, redefining yourself as a person and not just a mother and dealing with the heartbreak and the anger and the sadness that all of the, you know, all of those emotions and all of those circumstances bring to you. And um, finally, taking control of who you are and realizing that you cannot change who other people are and what they stand for and their choices in life, not even your own children. And that to me has been such, it was such a great book. And I really just, I felt sad for the mother because I could really, really relate to her. To her. And um, one of the things that she writes in the book is, this was always her problem, of course, that her children's sorrows became hers. She felt their pain so deeply, she hardly registered her own. And one of the things that I so related to this too, because the emotional struggle for me as a mother having four children is, and I'm talking grade school stuff, I would carry the burden of my children not getting a turn at gym class, someone not sitting with them at lunch, someone not doing well at a spelling bee, you know, someone not learning how to tie their shoes or minor things. I would carry all of those emotions and all of those burdens and call it love. And I took on every emotion. I did not want my children to be unhappy for one second. And one of the scenes in the story is um, this, one of the daughters lose, loses a Barbie shoe during her birthday party and the mother is frantically looking for it and she's so upset and she cannot get past that she cannot find this this Barbie shoe and she just wants her child to be so happy and she's afraid it's going to ruin the whole bit. I have been that mother time and time again and I remember specifically it was American Girl though it was Christmas morning 
we couldn't find one of the little accessories to the American girl. I was panicked. My little girl, she's going to be so sad. She's going to be so upset. Oh my gosh, this is going to ruin her Christmas. I was frantic beyond any kind of reasonable emotion. I just wanted them always to be so happy. And I remember at the time my husband being irritated and I couldn't understand why he was irritated. He did not see the emergency in this American girl accessory. I saw this is going to ruin her entire life. <laughs> and I just put, I did not want my kids to be upset for one second. And what a bad message for my kids, because I tried to protect them from any negative thing to happen to them, even at my own expense. I never wanted them to be sad. I never, if we didn't have a ice pop they wanted, I'd run out to the store and get it right that second. I just did not want them to have any sadness. And I remember saying to them with very good intention saying, I want you to look back on your childhood and think it was the best time of your life. And that was truly my only goal in life. Th those were my, those were my goals. I mean, I think back and I'm like, how sad, what a sad existence I, <laughs> I allowed for myself, but I really did mean it because I'm someone who was 150% into everything I do. And that's what I was doing. I was mothering and that's what I was doing. I was giving 150%. But what I failed to realize is that's not reasonable. It's not possible things happen. And um, one of the quotes, another quote from Count the Ways is, children had to know pain or how would they ever know what to do when they encountered it? Trouble would come no matter what. The best you could do was to raise your children in such a way that when trouble found them, as it would, they'd be able to survive it. And that was such a aha moment because I was trying to prevent any trouble from coming my children's way because I just wanted them to be happy all the time. And I thought that any kind of unhappiness or uncomfortableness was a reflection upon me as a mother. And so not sustainable, so not healthy thinking. I realize that now. Um, but this story really, really resonated with me because I was her and she put so much effort into her children and so much effort into her family and so much effort into making everything so great. And her husband left her. And I, I, I understand that because you think, but I did everything right. I did everything right. And in reality, the character in the book and even in my own experiences, I was drowning in motherhood because all I wanted to do was make everyone happy that I had lost sight of who I was. I, I let it define me because I thought that that's what I was supposed to do to be valued enough. And I learned a really hard lesson from that. And um, th this story really, I could have written the story about my own life, but it is a great book. I love it count the ways. There's so many other things that go on in the book that you would not expect. So many emotions. Read it. It's fantastic. Um, those are my two fiction books that I suggest. And I'm not really a fiction girl, or I wasn't, but now that I write it, now I read it. So um, I really did love those two books very much. My nonfiction choices one of them is Matthew McConaughey, because who doesn't like a little Matthew McConaughey? Um, Green Lights. It is just his perspective about life, about how when you look at things in a different way, 
that your attitude changes from that. And one of my favorite quotes from him in this book is, the difficulties we face today eventually turn into blessings in the rearview mirror of life. In time, yesterday's red lights lead us to a green light. I love that because that's so true in many people's worlds, especially mine. Um, I really love that quote and it's a very positive, uplifting book. I listened to it. I've read it. I think I've listened to it twice and read it twice, but it's a great book. Um, and the last book that I think every woman should read, and if you want a man, but uh, I think it is such a soulful book and it is called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And if you are not familiar with her, please look her up because it is very enlightening and um, it's really about how women have learned to be um, the responsible and, you know, that they're the caretakers and really we're slowly dying for our children in a lot of, in a lot of ways, which goes back a lot to the Count the Ways book also. Um, same kind of theme and same themes that I write about as well. Um, and how uh, she is trying to learn to trust herself and set boundaries and unleash her true self without any kind of guilt that goes along with being a woman. Um, and it is such a great book because it makes you think about your own intentions and think about your own uh, wants and needs and desires and not really feel bad about it. And I think a lot of times women specifically feel bad for wanting things. It's not okay to want things if you're a woman. It's not okay to want money and a career and things outside of the family home. And um, that's changing for sure. But this book really opens your eyes to it. And one of the things that I really, um, it was a really aha moment. And I'm going to read this to you. But one of the things that happened with Glennon Doyle is she was married to her children's father, that she has three children. And um, he, it just, it was not working. And she thought to herself, I'm staying in this marriage. And, and her husband had many, many affairs. That seems to be a, a theme. But um, so she stayed, she was staying in the marriage, even though she knew about the affairs. And I can 100% relate to that. I was staying in the marriage. She was staying in the marriage to to keep her family together because she did not want her children to feel the pain of divorce and change and all the things that come with that. And um, she looked at her daughter one day and she realized, I'm staying in this marriage for my daughter, but would I want this marriage for my daughter? And the answer was no. And it brought me back to a specific situation and there were actions that happened that it was continuous actions that happened that made me realize I can no longer stay in this toxic, abusive relationship. I need to move on. But I was still holding on for the sake of my children. I did not want to be, I did not want to hurt them. I did not want them in a broken home. But something happened. I was walking down the stairs of my home and my four children were in my kitchen and when I came downstairs, I looked at them and they had a look of fear in their eyes. And I saw them, they looked at me. They, they no longer recognized me. I was no longer that fun, happy, laughy mother. I was now depressed. I was sad. I was angry. I was bitter. I was no longer myself. And I remember looking at them and thinking, 
I'm staying in this situation miserably, mind you, for the sake of them. And they are looking at me no longer the way that they used to look at me. And I was no longer the person I once was. It changed me on a cellular level. And I thought, what am I teaching my children right now about love, about self-respect, about boundaries, about doing what's right for them, about bravery, about courage, about sticking up for yourself. I'm telling them by staying and being miserable that that's okay, that it's okay to allow someone to treat you terribly and to stay anyway. And I thought, what would I do if any of my children were in this situation? I would tell them, what are you doing? What, you're miserable. Why are you doing something miserably? But in my mind at the time, I wanted them to be happy, even at my own expense. And what I realized at that very moment when I looked in their eyes and saw the fear in their faces, they weren't happy. They weren't happy seeing their mother crying all the time. They weren't happy knowing how miserable I was. And I realized that was the moment that I thought, I need to end this relationship. And P.S. There was also actions that happened right around the same time that really pushed me over the edge. But I was staying anyway and allowing the actions just to happen. But then when I looked at my kids, that was really a deciding factor for me. And it was not an easy decision, but I realized, let me teach them what love really looks like. And not even love in a relationship, love within yourself. You need to love yourself. And you cannot love yourself if you're letting other people treat you poorly. So I understood that. And this quote from this book, and I had already read it prior, at least twice, um, I went back and I read it and that really resonated with my thought process at the time. And Glennon Doyle says, mothers have martyred themselves in their children's names since the beginning of time. We have lived as if she who disappears the most loves the most. We have been conditioned to prove our love by slowly ceasing to exist. What a terrible burden for children to bear, to know that they are the reason their mother stopped living. What a terrible burden for our daughters to bear, to know that if they chose to become mothers, this will be their fate too. Because if we show them that being a martyr is the highest form of love, that is what they will become. They will feel obligated to love as well as their mothers loved after all. They will believe they have permission to live only as fully as their mothers allowed themselves to live. If we keep passing down the legacy of martyrdom to our daughters, with whom does it end? Which woman ever gets to live? And when does the death sentence begin? At the wedding altar? In the delivery room? Whose delivery room? Our children's or our own? When we call martyrdom, being a martyr, love, we teach our children that when love begins, life ends. This is why Jung suggested, there is no greater burden on a child than the unlived life of a parent. And that was so striking to me because I felt that in every cell of my being is I really gave all to my children and was kept so small 
thinking that I was doing the right thing for my family. And the line that really meant the most to me is, we have lived as if she who disappears the most loves the most. And I lived, that was my whole life. I thought that the more I gave, that that's going to show them how much I love and I'll do, even though that I'm silently dying inside and I'm becoming a shell of a human and I'm kept so small and I'm not allowed to ever be anything but. And what I learned in these past years is I broke out of all of that and my kids love me just the same as they used to. They didn't stop loving me. They get to see me live now. They get to get to see me live my life and not be kept so small and kept in a little box and not have not be allowed to speak or talk or have an opinion about anything without some sort of criticism. So really, it was the kinder thing for me to do to teach them how to love. And I really love this book by Glennon Doyle. I think it's a great book. Another great quote in her book is, when a woman finally learns that pleasing the world is impossible, she becomes free to learn how to please herself. And that is exactly what I have been doing. And I hope that you will begin to do. So again, my favorite books that uh, I talked about is uh, Olive Kittredge and Olive Again. Uh, those I love those books. Count the Ways, my probably my favorite fiction book. I really related to it. Matthew McConaughey, Green Lights, and of of course Glennon Doyle, Untamed. Check those books out. I think they're great. Please be part of my reading club. Go onto my web. Uh, go onto my Facebook page, Donna Lynn Lido. Comment what your favorite book is and how it inspired you. And it could be something I've talked about if you've read that book too. Then go on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on that page and then go on DonnaLynnBooks.com and sign up for my reading list. From there, just sit and wait and I will be sure to send you a special something in the mail from me, Donna Lynn Lido. Uh, thank you as always for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Write on and keep living your best lives, everyone. Take care.